What is going on, everybody? I hope you're all having a great day today. This is Alex from the Fresh Fantasy Podcast, and this is the 36th episode of the season. Today, I am here to bring you week 10 of the waiver wire. Um, the good news going into this episode that I can tell you guys is there was no season-ending injuries or anything super tragic happening, so I don't have this crazy backup handcuff running back that you need to need to be targeting right now because uh, there's no one that got really hurt there's a few guys definitely got banged up there's a few guys i think this is one of the better waiver weeks um there's definitely some trends here that a lot of people wouldn't find would probably find surprising and i'm sure that you guys are like oh well i'm expecting this guy or that guy in the waivers you're right but some of these guys on here are actually higher on my list than most people in this industry and there's good reason behind it so i'm ready to get into that today give you some good reasons why you need to be picking up some of these guys because some of these guys are producing better than you think right now and i think these are trends that could continue going forward but like i said there's no one on this list for like at least running backs that for someone that got hurt that's going to be um the starter's going to be out for lots of weeks. Um, it's only going to be probably one or two week replacements. But again, in this fantasy world where so many guys are getting injured every week and there's always someone hurt and you always need to find replacement. I mean, this is one of the craziest years for injuries and with COVID and all that. So again, waivers are critical every week, especially when you can always find replacements to keep plugging into your your teams. Like someone like DJ Dallas has been great the last two weeks for fantasy guys that picked them up for other guys that you have injured whether you had chris carson or you had other guys that were injured um, there's always guys in the waiver wire that are going to help your team and i'm here to give you the best 10 guys this week that are going to help your team and i have a bit of a shocker at number one that is actually curtis samuel so the reason i have curtis samuel at number one is just because of how much production he's getting and the volume that he's getting as a wide receiver. I mean, he's someone I was very high on coming into the season. Um, someone's very under the radar that I was picking up at the end of drafts, and he didn't really produce, but he's starting to. Curtis Samuel has actually scored in three straight games, including four touchdowns in those three games. So the reason I like Curtis Samuel is because of what he's averaging over these last three games. He's averaging 61 receiving yards, 13 rushing yards, 1.33 touchdowns, and seven targets a game over the last three games. Any receiver that you can get that is averaging seven targets or more and averaging over 74 total yards a game while scoring a lot, of, having good touchdown production, that's someone you always want to be going after. I mean, he's averaging 74 yards a game, and he's someone that like reception perception has tried to call a breakout for the last two years he's a good route runner he's not someone that just accidentally got some targets and has played well he's someone that is a known commodity that is a good route runner and just needs the volume um is it going to be hard to get the volume behind dj Moore and robbie anderson every week yes but he's someone that can produce and is someone that is producing right now and that's someone that i would definitely want to be targeting because he could be someone unlike some of these other guys that could be a full year guy that's going to keep producing for you for the rest of the season. And another shocker, my number two wide receiver for this week is someone that had a good game last night and you might be like, oh, well, he had one good game, so you're getting overhyped, but just listen to this. And my number two guy this week is Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers last night against the Jets, I know the Jets, had 12 catches on 14 targets for 169 yards last night against the Jets 
on his 24th birthday, Jacoby Myers, happy birthday. But over Jacoby Myers' last three games without Edelman, Cam New- I mean, Jacoby Myers has been operating as Cam Newton's number one target. He's averaging 10 targets over the last three games. And he only had 14 last night. So again, it's not like he he just had like 20 targets last night and I'm trying to act like he's been averaging like 10 targets a game. I mean, he only had 14 last night and he's averaging 10 targets over his last three games. And he has had 58 plus yards in three straight games, which is great for someone that's averaging a few, like a few catches a game. I mean, 10 targets and averaging about 60 receiving yards a game. And... Jacoby Myers over those last three games has his catch numbers have been good too. I mean, over the last three games, his catch numbers are four, six, and 12. And his targets have gone six, 10, and 14. So they're going up every week. It seems like his production's going up. And that's also when he's had some not so amazing matchups. I mean, over the last two weeks, before this against the Jets, he played the 49ers and the Buffalo Bills, who are both top 10 against wide receivers so far this year, and he's still producing. He's a tough matchup in Week 10 against Baltimore, but I expect him to be pretty good after that down the stretch after he's not getting covered by Marlon Humphrey. So I'd say look for Jacoby Myers. I think he could be pretty, pretty good. Um, another guy, sorry, the next guy on my list, my number three guy this week is Gus Edwards. Um, Gus Edwards has been operating as the 1A even over Dobbins for better or for worse the last two weeks with Mark Ingram out and I expect him to retain that 1A role as long as Mark Ingram's out once Mark Ingram comes back it's going to be too muddled for me to want to really have him on my team but Gus Edwards has gotten 30 combined touches over the last two weeks with Ingram out for 121 total yards and two touchdowns the production that you're seeing might not be that great but He has faced two top four run defenses the last two weeks in the Colts and the Steelers, who are both top four against fantasy running backs. So the fact that he's averaging a little over 60 rushing yards a game and he's gotten two touchdowns the last two weeks, it shows that he's their goal line guy. He's the guy they give it to. Even though he fumbled last game, they gave it right back to him on the goal line later on and he scored. He is the guy that you're going to want in this backfield for now because he's getting the end zone looks. He's getting a lot of touches, and he's producing against these top-run defenses. So definitely look for Gus Edwards. Um, again, as long as Mark Ingram out, however long that is, he is someone that I would definitely look to keep going forward. Another guy that I want to definitely look into going forward that's a surprising name that you might cringe at is actually J.D. McKissick. is my number four name on this waiver wire list. So Kyle Allen is now done for the season with a dislocated ankle, or most likely done for the season. And yesterday with Alex Smith, who does not like throwing the ball downfield much at all, J.D. McKissick had nine catches for 65 receiving yards on 14 targets. He also had 17 rushing yards, but I think his receiving work is going to keep up. They're splitting him out wide. He's keeping Antonio Gibson on the field, who only had 44% of the snaps. And again, they're probably going to be trailing in a lot of games. Alex Smith doesn't like throwing the ball down, and J.D. McKissick is on the field. So what does that mean? J.D. McKissick targets. So especially in PPR, he could have some low-end RB2 kind of upside, maybe even higher end, especially if he keeps catching all these passes. His numbers are going to fly up every week. I mean, especially any running back that gets 14 targets in a game, you always want to target them, especially with a quarterback that does not like throwing the ball downfield. That is not an accident. So J.D. McKissick is someone I would absolutely look to get, especially in PPR leagues, definitely in half PPR leagues, but standard leagues, I would try to stay away, honestly. 
Um, my number five guy on this list for this week is Duke Johnson. Um, the reason that Duke Johnson is here is David Johnson took a hit to the helmet and he is concussed. So everything I've read says more than likely that Johnson is going to miss week 10. So anytime you can get someone that's going to get a lot of touches in, the, in any backfield, especially with a pretty solid offense in the Texans, um, that's someone I always want to invest in. And I think that Duke Johnson is going to be the workhorse with David Johnson out against the Texans on Sunday. He had 20 touches. Um, not the best numbers as he had 16 carries for a whopping 41 yards and a touchdown and also had four catches for 32 yards in the air. Not efficient, but he's absolutely worth a grab if Johnson misses time and he's someone that could take the lead role this week. And when there's always injuries happening, he's someone that you can always use to fill in, whether you have David Johnson or not. Um, my next name on this list is Drew Locke. Um, the reason that I like Drew Locke is he's had three t plus touchdowns in consecutive weeks, and he's had over 20 fantasy points in consecutive weeks as well. And then he faces the Raiders this week, who have given up the fifth most points to quarterbacks. Um, anytime that a guy that people were high on coming into this year, they thought that with all those weapons that he could put up some good numbers, and he hasn't. I mean, Cortland Sutton's out for the season. Mel um, Phillip Lindsay's missed time. And Melvin Gordon hasn't been that good. So it's been tough for Locke. But Tim Patrick is breaking out. It seems like Noah Fant could finally be healthy. Um, KJ Hamler's looked okay. But again, he said three-plus touchdowns in consecutive weeks, over fan 20 fantasy points in consecutive weeks as well. That's absolutely something that could keep up, so I would definitely look to get Drew Locke. Um, my next guy on the list is Kalen Balaj. Kalen Balaj this week had 15 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown, and he also had two catches and three targets for 15 receiving yards for the Chargers. Why is that notable? One, he led the backfield for the Chargers this week. Two, Justin Jackson got hurt in warm-ups, which led to Balazs taking over the backfield, even though he hasn't been with them for most of the season. Three, they didn't give Josh Kelly the lead role. That's how much they really believe in Josh Kelly. So if Justin Jackson is missing significant time with a knee injury, Kalen Balazs could be the lead back in this very, very, very productive Chargers offense for the next few weeks while Austin Eckler is out. So again, if Justin Jackson's going to miss time, I'd say look for Kalen Balaj to be the lead back. I mean, he had 18 touches this week. Um, Josh Kelly still had around 10, but the fact that Kalen Balaj came in midway through the season and is already taking the lead role shows that it could have been Adam Gase that was holding Balaj back. So who knows? But I definitely think that it's possible that Kalen Balaj could be pretty good for these next couple weeks. So definitely look out for him. Um, one of the last guys on my list is Ryan Nall. So Ryan Nall is on this list. Some of you don't even know who he is, but he's actually the backup for David Montgomery um, as the number eight guy on my list. I forgot to say that. But David Montgomery got concussed this last week against the Titans. Um, Ryan Nall may not be the best guy ever, but he caught a touchdown in David Montgomery's absence. He's going to be the lead back and probably the workhorse, especially with no Tariq Cohen, no David Montgomery, potentially, if Montgomery's out this week. Again, concussions are usually something that cause guys to miss at least one week. And anytime you can get the starter of a backfield that could put you up, put up a few points for you from catching passes and maybe sneaking in for a touchdown, that's something you absolutely want in fantasy every week, especially with, like, I keep emphasizing all these injuries. So definitely look for Ryan Nall. Um, he'd probably be, like, the last backup that I mentioned that's someone I'd want, actually want to pick up. 
But again, for what it's worth, anytime you can get a lead back in a system, even if their offense is not the best, you always want to do it because they will put up production and because they're getting touches. Nothing in fantasy is more valuable than volume. On to the last two guys on our list. My number nine guy this week is actually Richie James. Richie James was just activated from the San Francisco 49ers IR just 19 days ago. And boy, did he come back big this week. He caught 9 of 13 targets for 184 yards and a touchdown in Week 9, which is awesome. Uh, Most of it was in garbage time with Nick Mullins, but it's possible that he has a connection with Nick Mullins as him and Nick Mullins are both generally backups. And I think that he'll probably take a back seat when Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne are activated off of their COVID and IR list. But again, you never want to ignore a guy that puts up 184 yards and a touchdown in any given week. Um, It's something you absolutely want to keep investing in. So definitely um, pick up Richie James. So we will see. Um, My number 10 guy on the list is Austin Hooper. Um, Austin Hooper is relevant now because this tight end landscape has been brutal. I was off Hooper because of all the weapons in that offense, but OBJ is out for the season. Nick Chubb has struggled with injuries. And Hooper has been getting more targets with OBJ out. Hooper has had six plus targets, six or more targets, six, seven, and 10 over the last three games, and he's had at least five catches in all of them. When the tight end landscape has been as bad as it is, and Hayden Hurst, who's not really doing much, is like a top five tight end right now, you absolutely want a guy that's getting targets and getting catches. Austin Hooper, each of the last three games, has had at least five catches. He's one of the highest paid tight ends in the league. And he might not be producing a ton for the Browns, but any guy that's averaging six-plus targets, especially in a brutal tight end landscape, um, you always want to be picking them up. He's only owned in 42% of Yahoo leagues, and I think Austin Hooper could be even better going forward. So that is it, guys. That is the 10 names for this week. Again, I have some guys that are probably higher than others on my list, but I think I gave good reason why. I hope you guys agree. Um, Again, thank you guys for all your support, and I love continuing to make content for you guys, and I can't wait to see where it goes. So if you can, please leave a review. You already know what to do, and I hope you all have a great rest of your day.